This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's episode 92 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host. Sal is here. What's up, buddy? What's going on there, man? How you doing tonight? That's too bad. A little bit, uh, a little bit dump outside, but... Uh... It's raining like a sunbitch here. I don't know what's doing down there. It's been on and off all day. Uh, some points, you know, thundering, some points not, but definitely a shitty day out. Um, although, you know, it's better than the other day when, like, a cloud of fucking four-month-old California ash passed through Massachusetts. <laughs> what the fuck was that shit? I couldn't fucking even podcast on Tuesday night because I just felt like shit the whole day. And, I, and it was funny, because I got a Fox uh, 25 news update that was like, you know, air quality uh, alert issued for Middlesex County or something. And I'm like, what? And then I checked my weather app, and it was like, the air quality Don't was rated breathe. urgent. And I'm like, urgent is a rating? Yeah. Um, then again, they did cancel games. They canceled fucking baseball games on the West Coast some days back in May, because they were like, for air quality. And I was like, for air quality? <laughs> I'm dumb. I don't live on the West Coast. I know about the California fires, but it, I don't get the magnitude. This just in from the Fox 25 weather desk. Don't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> we are live to the world on twitch.tv slash the Salzer Effect. Come hang out and chat if you want. It is still uh, charity month. We are still raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. Astro says Sal watches Fox. Sal watches local Fox. So it's, it's a very big difference. There's a very big difference. I've made that mistake on the podcast before. Because I've been like, oh, this happened on Fox News. And everybody's like, what? I'm like, you know, Fox 25, where I watch The Simpsons. Hello. <laughs> yeah, Sal, Sal stormed the Capitol. No, 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 no. See, that's, that's how rumor... Don't do that. 
Somebody could clip that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> You're just mad. You're mad at me tonight because I got almost every single thing that I said was going to happen on Dynamite happen. You argued with me last week, and you argued, and you argued, and that's okay. We'll get into it as the show goes on. I don't think I did. Oh, but oh, but we have we have witnesses here. We have witnesses in the chat that that you disagreed with me so vehemently last week about things that I said how the show was going to be laid out or how matches were going to be booked. But we'll get it. We'll get to all of that. Uh, but before we get to all of that. <laughs> the other thing you were very excited to talk about this week? The uh, What was it? <laughs> so, so the Olympics are going on. Yes. And uh, it was decided in this house that uh, we could no longer just watch the highlights on Peacock. We had to actually get cable again so we could watch the Olympics. Why? So on Sunday night at 9 o'clock, I was asked uh, about getting cable again. So I, I went on to uh, Xfinity's website. Oh, yes, and, that uh, thing we were going to talk about. I completely forgot I, about it. I went on to Xfinity's website and put in the request for the upgrade and checked all the boxes and pushed the button. And it said, uh, your request is processing. You'll get a confirmation email. And I said, all right. Time out. <laughs> Even without the cable service, you currently subscribe to Xfinity for Internet. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. And phone, yeah, and uh, mobile. Okay, so before we, we before we even continue, I'm assuming because little known fact, I used to work for Comcast, and I was in a meeting once when they said, and I quote, "We're going to start rebranding ourselves as Xfinity because Comcast has developed such a negative connotation to it that." We're going to do what Verizon did, and we're going to th make people think it's a different company. And I'm like, that is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> so before we get into that, just just to clarify, you are a subscriber to Peacock TV, correct? Yeah. Okay. I could have sworn I saw a banner when I was watching wrestling the other day that said, watch every Olympic event on Peacock. Not live, my friend. Oh, not live. Oh, you have to watch it live. She wants to watch. She wants to be able to sit down after work and put on whatever's on Channel 7. Not Channel 7 anymore. It's Channel 10. Yes. And I'm like, whatever. Real quick. Plus, before, I, have, before plus you... I, haven't had nest, I haven't had Nest in like two and a half years and stuff. Okay. But real quick, I just want to point out that I had caught very quickly before I started recording um it was a it was a running event. I don't know what it was, but it was multiple laps, right? And I'm like, how's that for your life? You spend 30 years of your life, or at this point, these athletes, I'm assuming, 20 years of your life, running around a circle for 12 fucking hours a day, only to run around a circle in another country. And if you finish like sixth or seventh, nobody's going to give a shit about you, and you're not going to be on the team next year. <laughs> Seems to me like a bit of a waste of time. Plus, by the time you're 30, they're like, ah, you're old. You know your life's work? Yeah, it's fucking shit. <laughs> anyway, Sunday night, 9 o'clock. 
fill out the thing. It says, we'll send you a confirmation email. So, all right, sure. No email comes. No cable service comes. Like, I'm going on. How we would had you a, get we had cable the, service? We had the Flexbox. Okay. Which is their little streamy box. Yeah. Which is their little set-top streamy box. And that has the Xfinity Stream app on it. So I could go on there and get the get the channels as opposed to having to get the cable box itself. Right. Um, and that wasn't updating. Every time I went into that, it was like, please select the channel package. I'm like, I fucking selected a channel package last night when I clicked the thing. And Monday morning, I call them. And, sh- and the girl that I talked to was like, oh, yeah, I see. Oh, no, I went to uh, the... But to do the chat first, either way, I either called or did the chat. No, I called first. I did the chat later on. Oh, did you sign up for cable by going on their app? No, I signed up for cable by going on their website. On their website. Okay. By logging into the website and going to my account and going through all the shit. Continue. I just want to make sure I understand. Next morning, I call. She goes, oh, uh, I see an outstanding work order here. Let me me push that through to you. I say, okay. So I put that through. Okay. So she sees Uh, it in the system. She sends me, she, she sends me the text with the link to check all the boxes and click the, click the button again. I said, all right, sure. Um, but they, uh, we we process all that apparently, and the the, the flex box is still saying, so choose a channel option. Choose, choose, okay. She goes, well, that can take up to twenty four hours to, uh, to 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 update. So, Bullshit. Okay, sure. Um. So Tuesday, Monday night comes, and I was down here on the on the computer, and I log into Xfinity, and I have access to the channels. By logging into the website now, so I can mm-hmm. I could watch live TV on the computer if I wanted to, but that was not the point. We wanted it on the TV. Of course. Go back upstairs. Upstairs, it still says choose your channel package. So I call. So I think I did the text, the, the online chat thing through the app at that point, and they <laughs> refreshed my my fucking modem for some reason. And I was like, well, I'll send you a text. After I the 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 girl in the chat says, let me process, let me do this troubleshooting thing. It'll take like ten to fifteen minutes, and then you'll get a text to see if it's working. I said, okay. Two minutes after she closes the chat, I get the text. I say, no, it's not fucking working. So they have tier three expert service call me. I spend for anybody who who is listening on the podcast. Adam did the jerk off and come in your face motion. Yes, (laughs) tier three expert. Uh, I've spent a good like 45 minutes on the phone with this woman, uh, asking her questions and her not answering them, just rephrasing them back at me and telling me, yes, but the, yes, yeah, we can do this. You, you, you can do this and this. I'm like, okay, it's not what I fucking asked you. She disables my flex box completely. Like to the point where I, I go to restart it and it goes, we're having an issue. And then it gives me a little error code in the bottom. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you'll just have to take it to the store tomorrow and so and swap it out. I thought she was a tier three technical expert. So after I hung up with her, I Googled the, the error code. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Before you continue, <laughs> do you realize you were on the phone with a Dean Malenko, a technical wizard, <laughs> okay? A wizard, not even a warlock, a technical wizard. Continue. I Googled the error code. And it it basically says this this error means that this this flex box is not a, it's not associated with with an Xfinity account. So all right, good thing I didn't want to fucking watch Netflix or Peacock or Hulu or whatever on on my flex tonight. I'm getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> 
The next morning, I get up. I go to the Xfinity store in the mall because that's the closest thing. I I with the with the flex box and a what fucking Hannaford bag. This was on this Tuesday. This is Tuesday. Okay. This is Tuesday. Hmm. So we are now Sunday night, all day Monday, Tuesday morning. I take my little. I, I put the flex. I put the flex box and the power cord and the remote in a fucking Hannaford bag and go to the fucking mall. And I give the guy talk to the guy. His name was Cameron. He was very nice. Uh, we made fun of the tier three experts together. Um, and, uh, he, he does his little thing and he goes, okay, we're going to, we'll upgrade your gateway too. We'll just give you an X one box because it's fucking easier that way. Anyways, I said, sure, whatever. They gave you an Xbox he, one. No, <laughs> no, it was the right way, there. Long, I had to fucking take it. long time, long time followers of, of this program may remember the the issues I had with the fucking X1 boxes when those first started coming out many, many years ago. And I remember I through, those like, episodes. How I went through like fucking six of them. Um, but it gives me the new gateway. So I have the little I have the little white pedestal one now instead of the big, long black thing. Yeah, I don't know what and, you're talking uh, about. Phrasing. Um, and he gives me the X1 box. He sends me on my way. I get home. Wife is pissed because they because the internet was getting spotty because we're swapping out the gateway and I have to cut her off because she's trying to work from home so I have to cut her internet off while I set up the new gateway. I get that all set up. That's working fine. Go downstairs. Pl- I have to move the furniture in my living room around because when we set up the living room, we didn't have cable. And the TV was over here. Smash. The TV was over here. And the cable is over here. Mm-hmm. So I have to move the TV to the other side of the room and fandango that all around. Plug the X1 box in. It doesn't turn on. The fan inside is turning. I can hear the fan going. Nothing in the box itself. So now I got, so I call, I call them again just to see. And the, the girl I get is, was very kind and goes, I mean, if it's not even turning on, there's really nothing we can do here. You might as well just take it back to the store. I'm like, I got to take the old gateway back to the store anyway. So I'll go back to the store. Take the old gateway back. Take the old gateway back to the store. Take the old. Take the broken X1 box back to the store. I make the guy plug in the new X1 box to make sure it fucking turns on before I leave. Go back home, set that up, plug that in, turn that on. Everything's working. Cable is going. So from from 9 p.m. Sunday for something that in my head should have taken maybe 15 minutes didn't get resolved until 1 p.m. on Tuesday, and that was my week with with fucking Comcast. I enjoy watching you stomp on the floor in pained glee. No, so that no, 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 that was um, pure rage, sir. Pure rage towards a company that I watched do what they did to you to many, many people for many, many years. <laughs> to a company that all of a sudden I started having internet problems the minute I wasn't working there. Um, to a company that as soon as that happened, I, I got files and I never looked back. So, um, even to this day, files, bill continues to go up and I, I consider it, I consider it. And there's just something so bitter inside me about, no, I still don't want to do that because (laughs) they developed procedures, policies and procedures to make sure that they never send someone out to fix something. Now, in this situation, granted, the first trip to the store should have been the fix, right? 
But the other thing they do, and I know they do this because, again, I work there, is that um, the stores don't carry new boxes. Everything that's at the store is a refurbished piece of shit. And I never knew that until I worked there. And then when I worked there, they were like, oh, we're going to set up your cable because you get free cable because you work here now. And I'm like, oh, I already have a cable box. And they're like, no, 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 we're actually going to set up your cable. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, that is some bullshit that the majority of their customers get the worst service in the world. Like, who? We have cable now, and I can watch the Red Sox again. Who gives you a fucking box that doesn't turn on? You would think that would be one of the fucking requirements in QA, that the goddamn <laughs> box turns on. Oh, by the way, when you went back to, uh, later to get another fucking box, was it the same guy? He was there. Okay. But uh, when you go to the Xfinity store, they have, like, a queue system. So you yep. check in. Like when you're, like, when you're, like you're waiting for a table at a restaurant. Oh, I was going to say in. cell phone, but yeah, sure. <laughs> and they go, what's what's your name and what, what's your problem? And you say, uh, and then well, they don't they go, say okay. anything. Isn't there like a machine that does all that? No, there was a girl. There was oh, a girl okay. with, an iPad, with an iPad. That Sprint she, is just a fucking iPad that you enter in yourself. Goes, okay, find a seat. Because the, the first time I was there, it was 9 o'clock in the morning. So I was in and out in maybe 15 minutes because mm-hmm. there was me and one other person. In this the time? second time I was there, when it was like noon, yeah, yeah, I was there for a while. Yeah, yeah, you were. Um, I went to Verizon FiOS, the one store they have near me in Malden, and um, I just, I just was upgrading my router. I had already paid for it; it was already like added. They were like, just swing by the store, or we could ship it to you in five to seven days. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll go by the store. They already had my order in. I was getting a brand new router that was going to be like faster, stronger, better, whatever. And all right, Daft. All right, Daft Punk. Relax. <laughs> um, I went into the store, and there was seven people ahead of me, and I waited like oh I don't know fucking an hour and a half just to pick up the router that was already like in the system as mine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sorry, but all these other people. I, my was the easy one. All you had to do was give me a router. You could have could have let me do that first. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. But once I got the router, everything was fine. But like, just those stores in general, that's how they are. There's like two people working there, and then the middle of the day it gets wicked busy, and you end up waiting there for a long time. It's like the DMV. Uh, Although I've been told, if you have AAA, you don't have to go to the DMV. You can do all your business at AAA. Jason said that. Uh, maybe in your state. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So enough about yeah, that was life. my <laughs> that was my that was my two days off and why I didn't get a chance to stream on fucking Tuesday. Oh, by the way, I was yeah. W- while I was employed at Comcast. I spent several hours of my life outside of work fixing my family and friends' problems. Of course you did. Fixing their problems with their bill. And I'm like, nope, don't talk to that person. Ask to talk to this person. Threaten this, and then they'll give you 30 bucks off of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I told I, – I, I was talking to the, fir- to the first guy. 
because he he got me he got me some extra package with that has like the NHL channel and the Olympics channel and MLB whatever for the same price because we have Xfinity Mobile. And he's like, yeah, that, that. and I'm like, don't. He's like, I was like, don't worry, I got an alarm set in my phone every two years to call you guys and make sure my price doesn't go up. <laughs> Isn't that so fucked up that like you know how the game works with them and you're so used to being screwed by them? You're like, yeah, we both know what's going on here. Happy capitalism. Oh, yeah, but happy fucking cable. Like I feel like cable specifically is an industry that does that a lot. Cable and cell phones. Let's move on, because we can bitch about fucking that all day. Don't even get me started on Sprint. I got a big fight with them, but nothing's done yet, so I'm okay. But anyway. I had my issues with Xfinity Mobile, anyways. Well, that's good. Um, let's begin with BTE, shall we? All right. Episode 266, entitled... Your bloody hands! Ew! Speaking of bloody hands, we would see that on Dynamite this week. And bloody forearms, and fucking Cash's wrist apparently cut open. But we'll get to that. We'll get to it. But tonight, we cold open with the Bucks backstage at Dark Elevation last week. How do I know it's Dark Elevation? Because I can hear fucking Big Show's voice. Right. Gallows tells Cutler to get out there and get in his ass. <laughs> Says it like six times. And then he says it in the Vince voice. <laughs> Cutler high steps down to the ring to attack his Aryan. Cutler trips over the ropes and is down before Frankie even turns around. <laughs> Cutler gets his fucking ass kicked. The one part I did kind of smirk at is that the elite do fuck all nothing while he gets his ass kicked. They're like, yeah, he's uh, he's really taking a beating. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have my gear on. Yeah, yeah, I don't have my gear on. Yeah, we're not going to go out there. Gallows is like, you want me to play heater? I, like Big Daddy Cool? Should I go? You want me to go? Should I go? All right, I'm going to go. <laughs> I said, they say yes, so presumably Gallows makes the save. I don't know. I don't watch Dark. <sighs> Title sequence. Second, How come there's no Dark Order in the opening titles? Because it's being the elite, not being the Dark Order. Yeah, but they've been on so many episodes and they're the best fucking part of the show. Do you know who's in the opening of of the um, of the the show? Adam fucking Cole. Okay? Baby. They don't seem to update these very often. Then again, Peter Avalon's in it too, so... All right, segment one, Nick Jackson is traveling by himself. He wonders out loud where Brandon and Matt are. Brandon is shown freaking out over the Dark Order letter, and Brandon says out loud, the Dark Order can't blackmail me if I just don't show up. Matt Jackson is shown brushing his hair in his back. No. No? Stop making sexy Matt a thing. It's not a fucking thing. Do you think it's a thing? <laughs> he hate it because he he's so sexy. Um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, Matt! Wow, 
There's my episode. I'll now. make your ankle hurt. Oh, God. All right. Um, so Nick flies alone. He then tries to vlog by himself, but Leva Bates shows up behind him with a sign that says, hashtag justice for Dark Order. Before we get to the arena and he's he's walking down the street or whatever it is, he turns and there's like, it, it cuts very suddenly because he turns and there's like an old man waiting at the crosswalk. Yeah. And the old man like starts to turn around, and I guarantee you they had to cut hard. They had to do a hard cut because that old guy was like, "The hell are you doing?" Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fuck is that camera for? Uh, okay, so Leva shows up with a sign behind him. I, wrote, says, I also wrote, "If he's alone, who's filming?" Good question. And then I wrote, "No, please don't make Leva act." <laughs> That's not nice. She was perfectly fine in those telenovelas. At least I'm told. I couldn't understand what she was saying. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Uh, so Nick tries to escape this by going to his EVP locker room. Uh, but Leva is behind a plant holding a new sign that says, Darkwater Ally. One thing I forgot to mention in the previous cut, or the previous shot... Nick couldn't find Leva Bates because every time he turned around, she would just stay behind him. Nick is dumb. Yeah, that was stupid. Uh, okay, so he catches her with the Dark Order ally sign. Which is on the back of the first sign that she was holding. She whines about missing Alex. Sorry, she whines about missing the Dark Order. And Nick tears her sign in half, which I kind of cheered at. I was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that stupid sign. Dick Jackson, you are rude! I don't think she was acting. I don't think she knew he was going to tear up the sign. <laughs> I spent four minutes on that sign. Segment two, Avalon is with the wingman and says he thinks... Oh, <laughs> one other note. He, Nick opens the door. He's like, I'm going to go in my private dressing room now. I'm going to go in my private dressing room now. There was someone in there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Seg- right. Go on, on to the dipshits. Segment two, Avalon is with the winged men and says he thinks he's ready to move on. He says he has his heart set on another, and it's the lady in red. Oh, so it's red velvet. No. Oh, wait, the lady in red. The hair. The, it's Kylan King, right? Nope. It's mm-hmm. fucking Abaddon. <laughs> oh, Abaddon's alive. Barely. <sighs> He's dancing with me. So, Avalon begs his wingmen to go over and talk to her for him. And they do. And she spits out the black stuff that Alexa used to spit out? That's what she did, right? I stopped paying attention. I don't know. They're terrified and they leave. So Is that Michelle? No, we'll get to that. Um, you do realize that Peter Avalon with zombie uh, Abaddon is going to be a thing, right? Like, he's going to try to, like... Like, he's going to take her on a date, and she's just going to, like, fucking... Never mind. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I was going to say, she's just going to sit there and, like, spit out blood all over herself. I don't know. She's disgusting. Segment three, hey, 
It's our reigning BTE champ, Marco Stunt. Uh, Wait, you were just bitching. What the fuck happened to the BTE title? I didn't say I wanted it back. I was just curious. <laughs> well, now you get your answer. Also, who's he defending against? Before that, uh, Nick Jackson, because you can tell it's Nick Jackson, immediately wants to know where um, Marco's been for the past fucking month. And Marco tries to turn it on Nick and says, I haven't been booked. And then, uh, also, he thought that they were still in Jacksonville. And I'm like, well, when you're this tall and everybody's dialogue is, like, up here. I get it. But, yeah, you mentioned who is, um, who's he defending the belt against? Didn't Cesar Baloney win a qualifying match to become the next contender? Because mm-hmm. this isn't Cesar Baloney. This is Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Tonight's challenge is a handstand competition. I will say, especially because I can't do a handstand, I thought both guys did really good. I couldn't fucking... They lasted like a good 12 seconds. Um, I too cannot stand. Marco actually outlasts Luchasaurus, even though it looked like Marco was going to fall, but he did not. So Marco retains. And then Nick Jackson kills the business again by saying, yeah, it's the only shoot belt in the company that's actually a shoot. Or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Segment four, we get the annoying fan hands again. They are called Trevor and Arthur, by the way. You know, Trevor and Arthur, so that when they say they're starting their own wrestling company, they can say TNA. Uh... By the way, I thought that was Orange Cassidy for a second. I thought he was doing an Orange Cassidy impression. Mm. Um, Who we're talking about is Christian Cage, who was chilling at a fucking, I don't know, picnic table. Who was pretending pretending to be asleep, even though you can see that his eyes are... Yeah, but he's wearing the big aviators and the jean jacket. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's, he's mimicking... Cassidy. Maybe Cassidy's like off screen being like, see, don't you feel more relaxed? KT says they lasted a good 12 seconds. That's the dream, man. That's the dream. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, daddy. 12 seconds. On a bicycle. So anyway, Christian, they tell Christian Cage all this stuff. He doesn't respond, so they fuck off. Turns out old man Christian Cage was sleeping the whole time. With his, with his eyes open, apparently. Segment five. You could, you, could, you could see that his eyes were open, even though he's wearing some glasses. Anyway. Segment five. Kenny tries to freeze his beard off, but again gets told by uh, good old JR that his music is playing and he has to go. Guess we'll wait another week. I'm assuming he's going to shave it off at some point. I guess so. Segment six. Welcome to another independent film by H.H. Nemeth stands in a fire pit as we hear a distorted voice say, From cream you came, so to cream you shall return. (laughs) (laughs) Nemeth finds a bottle of cream buried in the fire pit 
he drinks it and then trips his balls off. Nemeth has now learned the white magic spell climb, and he climbs a mountain. And what else, what did I put here? What's my next? Oh, I hate BT. That was my next sentence. From Cream UK. Oh, oh, he also submits an offering, but it turns back into cream. It was Cream Mountain all along. That's what the distorted voice was saying as we faded out. It was Cream Mountain all along. So Gallows is right in the episodes these days, huh? Is that what's going on? I... Segment seven, Cutler is still panicking because he got, you know, threatened last week with blackmail. And then we get a video of Cutler scrubbing blood off his hands, and we pan up and see Cutler was wearing a Dark Order mask. Mm-hmm. I think he was a creeper. Oh, one at the very end of the at the very end of the Nemeth segment. Would it be could it be possible just to get just a little bit more wind noise? That was the gimmick just a little more. they were outside. Just a little more. That's all I need. Anyway, back to Brandon Cutler. He's wearing a Dark Order mask, and I think he was supposed to be a creeper? Yes. And- I, I wrote, Cutler better have been the creeper throwing those shitty punches. Cutler throws the mask in the trash, which is a callback to almost two years ago. <laughs> Do you remember? I think it was Reynolds, right? Like, he was debating on if he even wanted to stay in the Dark Order. And we see him looking in the mirror, and then we saw the mask in the trash, but we never saw him throw it in the trash. So now, all these years later, we find out it was Cutler who threw it in the trash. It was Cutler all along. It's the longest uh, longest storytelling in AEW. Or just a loophole that somebody pointed out to them on Twitter, and they decided to fix it real quick. <laughs> Uh, Cutler has no choice but to put the Dark Order back on the show. Are you happy? Yay! Exactly. Uh, The Dark Order give each other high fives. Uh, Ten lost Colt, however. Uh, He left the door open again. (laughs) Uh, Also, Ten was busy on Tinder. Uno asks how many swipes did he get, and he says he got Ten. Uh, they talk about the stipulation going into the ten man tag. Alex says, "I was I was going to sing uh, uh, the uh, the old uh, Ty Dillinger song, but I don't think anybody would, I don't think anybody else would remember it. I would have remembered it, buddy. I used to have that song on one of my playlists. I still have it on. Uh, let's see. They talk about the stipulation going into the ten man tag." Alex says, when we win, Silver and I will get our title shot against the Bucks. And Uno, Stu, immediately disagree with this. Are we just going to glance? Are we just going to glance over them talking about the sex scene and John Silver going, my hole is beat raw? I'm just going to skip right over that part. It's the next paragraph. This part happened first. Is that it? Uno, yes, because they're all. Th- Uno and Stu are arguing with Alex and Reynolds about, I mean, with Alex and Silver about who's going to get the title shot. And Hangman shows up 
Because my the next note I have is Tay and Anna get the title shot, which I thought was some, something that somebody said again. <laughs> anyway, you and your ADD. Stu threatens to kill I Alex. Write the notes in. Stu threatens to kill Alex, and Hangman shows up to let them know they have to reshoot the sex scene. Silver says his hole can't take much more, and Stu says, oh, "I can't do that to Johnny again. I feel bad." <laughs> But the, the direct quote is, my hole was beat raw. My hole, my is hole beat was raw. beat raw. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I thought it was horrible. can't take much. I thought it was can't take much more. But no, it was beat raw. That's right. Uh, Hangman, horrible phrase. Hangman says they need to focus on the tag match. So when they win, he gets his title shot. And then Tay and Anna get their shot. The tag match. Alex says they got him a gift. The gift comes in comes in a Jersey Mike sub box, but Uno admits he just didn't have another Jersey, box. This is Jersey Mike's opening around the corner for me. Oh, there you go. Uh, Hangman opens the box, and apparently it's some type of new ring jacket. More on that later. Yes, they all hug, yeah. and Silver oh, shows up in the middle of the hug because Silver is creepy. Hey. Thoughts on BT? Uh, the Dark Order are back. Kind of. I mean, is that how we're going to get Dark Order on BT now? They're going to send Cutler clips. He's going to upload them at the end. We f- we filmed this ourselves. Oh God. I uh. I liked I liked the Cutler I liked the Cutler stuff this week. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it wasn't it was bad. Clever. It was clever. And I know you hated I, it. But... I had, I had completely forgotten about. Uh... The, uh, the mask and the, the trash mask thing. and the trash thing, yeah. So, um, no, that was fine. I I kind of liked the, I guess you could call it, um, immatureness of you know Gallows and and the Bucks being like, should we help him? He's really getting his ass kicked. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I don't feel like helping him. <laughs> Like I, I don't know. I I'm not in gear. I'm not in gear. It's so it's so far. It's so far. Why the fuck would we appear on dark elevation? Right. Yeah. You want me to be? You want me to be their heater? I'll I'll be like Big Daddy Cool. Yeah, Gallows. Nobody gives a shit about you. You can go out there. I, I am curious. Did he like run out there to make the save, or did like? He just kind of like sauntered down, and Frankie was just like, "All right, I'm done." And just like walked away. I don't. Know, I guess you'll have to watch Dark Elevation to find out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. So. So. Are you ready? Are you ready? Sorry, wrong show. Wrong That's show. Wrong. That's the wrong show. Wrong show. Dina Mita episode ninety six. Hmm. Yeah. About that. They made a comment later on in the night saying that Dark was coming up in episode 100. How are mm-hmm. there more Dark episodes than Dynamite episodes? Because they were doing Friday Darks before they do Friday Dark before pay-per-views. Oh, okay. That's all right. Dynamite is. I read. I, read a th- I didn't put it in the news, but I read. A, I read a quick thing. That uh, they're not going to celebrate an episode 100 of Dynamite 
because they're not sure which episode episode 100 will be because they don't know if they want to count the, the the one hour dynamite that was supposed to be after an NBA game that didn't appear or like this couple of couple of bonus episodes that snuck in there. And so like we don't actually know which ones we should count as to which one 100 is. So we'll just do the anniversaries instead. Astro and KT, I would like to point out that for months I've been telling Adam that nobody gives a shit about the episode number, including <laughs> AEW. Thank you. <laughs> no, but I have to keep track of it so we know which one of us has to start. Not really. It's just whoever started last week doesn't start the following week. Not necessarily. Anyways. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is Fight for the Fallen. Unless you're JR, and then it's Fight for the Falling. Fall. <laughs> fight for the Fall, guys? <laughs> I am I am 98% sure that he goes, it's Wednesday, it's Wednesday, you know what that means, it's Fight for the Falling. There'll be a lot of people falling tonight. We are live from Charlotte, North Carolina! The announcers immediately run down the card with little mini match graphics on the bottom of the screen. Mm. Oh, cute. Uh, we begin exactly as I said we would. Could have sworn last week I sat here and you fucking argued with me that there's no way the Bucks, ha- the Bucks only open the show when they know they're going to have the best match. We open the show with our 10-man elimination tag, the Elite versus Hangman Page in the Dark Order. I doubt I was that adamant about it. Mm-hmm. You see, you seem to be attempting to make me out of some sort of bad guy. No, I just like being right. It doesn't happen often. I'll be the first one to admit that. <laughs> uh, the amount the announcers. Oh, I said that they run down the card. Uh, we get a new opening video for the Hangman, featuring the Dark Order and Hangman Page, and they all have evil shadow versions of themselves wearing cowboy hats. It's okay. This video was really nicely done. It's the first time I felt like they were like, okay, let's make, you know, Hangman number one babyface. Like, you know, let's it get people the, behind the it. whole thing when they when they actually came out. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. But um, I no, I really like the video. I'd be lying if I said it didn't have those Miller Lite commercial vibes. <laughs> Like at the end, I wanted to. I I just were thought we were gonna get like a brought to you by Miller Lite. <laughs> Where's Sam Elliott? I'm pretty sure Sam Elliott was doing the voice, the VO for that. Uh, that and that's the thing. The VO guy sounded exactly like those beer commercials. Uh, when you wanna, you 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 live the high life, or like a Jeep Wrangler commercial, like. For guys who like trucks. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's see here. Back to the stage where members of the Dark Order appear on the left and then on the right and then behind the left and behind the right. And then in the middle is the cowboy hangman Adam Page. I got goosebumps. That was nice, right? I legit got fucking goosebumps. That felt like a huge fucking deal. And the cowboy, by the way, from North Carolina. 
Or at least he grew up there. That's what JR said. So my next note, I put big pop for the next AEW world champion. Don't. We'll get to it. <laughs> Hangman and the Dark Order are all sporting black. I'm not sorry, not black. Purple bandanas tonight. And as we had discussed, brand new ring jacket in Dark Order colors. The whole whole outfit, really. The whole outfit was just gorgeous. In fact, everybody. Uh, it looked like fucking mania for AEW. Like everybody had new gear on tonight, and like. Especially this first match. Um, so I'll, I'll separate this. What did you think of the Dark Order's entrance? It was fabulous. It Fantastic. Was. It was really nice. Let's move on to the Elite entrance. I can tell you, oh, I none of this, none of, well, I won't say none of it. Most of this entrance made complete sense to me. Like, if you wrote this down last week, I would have been like, yeah, of course they're going to do that. That's exactly what they're going to do. I wanted... I, wa- I wanted to give them credit at first. And I have I have that in my notes. My first note is, oh, so now they've just gone full Bulls. Yes, full Chicago Bulls. And then they came out. And it wasn't the Bulls. No! It wasn't, which was the thing. Especially the lighting was like red on the on the elite uh, word elite on the Tron. So yeah, I thought they were going to go full bulls. Um, and I don't e- I don't even have a problem that they didn't go full bulls. But what they did was, you know, they announced the starting lineup in classic '90s Bulls fashion. Um. And then, of course, Kenny was the Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. But the outfits they have on, albeit definitely basketball outfits, are not Bulls. Although, at this point, I'll have to admit, I can't exactly tell what they are. Not when they're on the stage. So, they get down uh, to the middle of the stage... And, well, they charged down the ramp. No, no, no. They dribble basketballs on the stage, and then they charge down the ramp, and they bust through a banner that says Elite Squad. Again, this is all going right over my head, because as a basketball fan, I've seen people do this, right? How is the Elite Squad going over your head? As far as why they're doing this. This is the fucking logo. With the circles and the font and everything. Yeah. Um, by the way, they do this all to the classic 90s shock jam. Y'all ready for this? The elite warm-up on a basketball net conveniently placed near ringside, and at this point I'm like, oh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, all right, this is stupid. Like, that just complete, like, I was, I was there... I wasn't totally there with them dribbling the basketballs on the stage, but I was okay with it until I saw the net. Also, they they gave up on the North Carolina jokes and just said Kenny was from North Carolina, right? which he's fucking not. Which he's not. At all. Well, they said the only man in this match from North Carolina, which is funny because it's Hangman that's from North Carolina. 
So I guess that's a joke? I don't know. But um, here's where I really soured, because then Excalibur plugs Space Jam 2. In the theaters and streaming now on HBO Max. And I'm like, wait. This isn't an homage to Kenny's entrances uh, with the 90s Bulls. This is all because they got that Space Jam 2 money. And they're, they're being told to promote it. And I'm like, oh, I just soured on this whole thing so much more. <laughs> it is at this point that I wrote, you would think the match with world title implications would be the main event. But no, we have to give that spot to Old Fatty and Murder Boy. But uh, it, 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 we'll, get, we'll get there. It, it makes sense when you, when you get right down to it. Yes, it does. Okay. So... <sighs> Yes, I, I I did get very annoyed when I realized this was all for Space Jam too. Uh. Side note, by the way, when the Elite came out on the stage and they were being introduced, and, and all five of the starting lineup were there, um, instead of dressing like a Phil Jackson per se, right? No, Don Callis comes out in shorts. It's not something anybody should have to see. And the commentator, uh, commentary team instantly make fun of him for it. And I'm glad, because <laughs> he deserves it. Uh, Kenny teases that he's going to start the match with Hangman, but of course doesn't, and we start with Carl Anderson instead. I can't tell if JR is just playing it up for the gimmick or if he legitimately hates Don Callis. <laughs> well... They did work together in New Japan as recently as, what, five, four or five years ago? So. That doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, like, I think he's playing it up. <laughs> he was like, a, he was like half a step away from just going, cover your goddamn legs. <laughs> well, I think he hates things that Callus does, much like he used to hate things that Paul Heyman did. <laughs> That's the thing. I think these people, like, I don't think he hates them. I just think that they annoy the shit out of him. Because he's old man yelling at Cloud. <laughs> Against another old man yelling at Cloud. Because actually they tried to out old man each other tonight because I heard JR say something like, well, cause, oh, Callus goes, how long have you been in the wrestling business? And he's like, long time. He's like, but not as long as you, Don. So I don't know if that was a joke like you're older than me or whatever, but... Uh, Astro says, nothing is original, they imitate fucking everything, and they don't do it well from the sound of it, to which KT said, no, no, they don't. Uh, KT adds, he may be the invisible hand, but you could see those calves from space. God damn, they were bright. <laughs> that's what I mean. So no one should have to be subjected to that. And I wasn't prepared for it, so that's not fair. Uh, okay. For our fans who are familiar with my Salviva series show, you will remember that I don't recap these five-on-five -five elimination matches move by move. No, no, no. We will be going by elimination. So, in between eliminations, if you, Adam, have anything you'd like to discuss or add, please feel free to jump in. Thank you for, thank you for calling me out by name, just in case anybody else here was confused as to who you were talking to. Carl uh, Anderson rolls up Reynolds with a schoolboy and pulls the tights for our first elimination. Bye-bye, Lois Man on the totem pole. 
Now, before that happened, there was a bunch of fucking flip-flying and craziness. Uh, was, yeah, we did the whole, did we do the Stu Grayson spot at this point, or was that a little later? That's later. Okay. Because I, I have a specific note about that. But we did the suplex from the top rope to the outside on top of everybody, right? Yes, because that, that involved... All levels, ten so. people, yeah. Reynolds uh, was the one who was suplexed, I believe. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that was terrible. Um, very choreographed, but not terrible. Yeah. Uh, speaking of lowest man on the totem pole, the Dark Order quadruple team, Carl Anderson and Stuno, hit the fatality, and hot Carl can go take a hot shower. <laughs> nice. Here's my first, night, so my first note. So it takes pull tights to eliminate Reynolds and a four-on-one to eliminate Anderson. I guess no one's going to look weak tonight. Yeah. <laughs> The fatality looked good. And it's been a while since I've seen that move. Yeah. Uh, It's because Stuno never wrestled on Dynamite. Right. So I put down then in typical Survivor Series fashion, uh, but for the first time in AEW history, Stu Grayson and Doc Ellis are counted out. And both men are. Yeah. I wonder why. Well, at the time, I didn't know why. I just thought because they were like looking to get eliminations. Could it be because Stu Grayson cracked his fucking head off the floor? Yes. So uh, before before that, however, we did get the uh, Rick Knox is a moron spot because Uno grabs. I'm going to say Nick. I don't care which one it was. Catches it was the kick and throws the kick to Rick Knox to hold and so he, he can do a neck break. Yes. Never a good spot. Never no. a good fucking spot. No. And yeah, then Stu cracks his fucking head off the floor. And he and Gallows fight through the crowd to get counted out. But that's the thing. Um, I think you guys are giving AEW way too much credit that they they got them out of there to get Stu out of the match like quickly. I don't think they fucking gave a fuck. I think that was planned. You think so? Yeah, because it's not like we cut time or added time anywhere else. Because I, cause I saw that and went, okay, they're just trying to get Stu... Maybe that, I don't know, but he still did. A, he still did a move off the. Uh, in the yeah, he left off the fucking hockey boards. Yeah, so like, which is what I wrote. I said, yeah, let's let's fight the guy who just bounced his skull off the floor through the crowd, so he can jump from the stands onto Gallows. That's what I mean. That's why I I'm not giving them the credit saying that they were just trying to get Stu out of there. I don't think they gave a fuck right. if he died. But <laughs> shocking, shocking, shocking that the Good Brothers were the first eliminated from the elite. I know. By the way. Um, Speaking of that move, by the way, the, Stu did a, I forget what the fuck Excalibur called it, a f- twisted sky super splash or something, um, and it looked gorgeous until the end, where <laughs> yeah, nobody was, fucking he, caught him, and he hit his he head j- on the concrete. He jumped a little bit too far. Yeah, but I feel like that's on everybody else. Like, nobody could fucking catch him. And it made a fucking noise. Yeah, it did. Like a oh, crushing God. finale? Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh, did it make a noise. Um, So it's Kenny in the Box versus Evil, Evil Uno, Johnny Hungy, and Hangman Page. We kind of should have saw that coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody else is expendable. These are probably the six more important people. Um, yep. And I'm, I'm sorry, it's true. Reynolds, you know. Here's John Silver, here's Alex Reynolds. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. As far as entertainment and charisma and star power. Uh, 
Uno almost pins Omega, but Omega kicks out, so Uno tries a top rope senton splash, but Kenny gets his knees up. Kenny hits a V-trigger, followed by one-winged angel, and that ends the night for Evil Uno. Oh, so Uno goes out clean, sure. Um, so we are down to three on two. Kenny in the box versus Hangman and John Silver. Uh, Matt Jackson mimics John Silver flexing, and Silver charges in and spears the fucking shit out of him. <laughs> After a commercial break, we see a replay of what happened during break, which is the Bucks double powerbombing Hangman on the fucking apron. Apparently, ever since the powerbomb, Hangman's been unconscious ever since. They said he's been down. And I'm like, okay, down and not moving. Got it, unconscious. <laughs> Silver fights valiantly, but the elite drag the basketball net to the side of the apron. Again, they killed it for me with this whole fucking basketball net. I was there until the fucking basketball net. I really was. It's fucking overkill at that point, and it's stupid. I have a note on that in a second. Um so that Kenny can pass the ball to Nick so Nick can jump off the apron and completely whiff the dunk, but cripple poor John Silver with an indie taker on the floor. Mm-hmm. Here's my note. Oh, fuck you for that indie taker. Seriously. They toss Silver in the ring, and just to make fucking sure, they hit the BTE trigger to eliminate John Silver. <sighs> Hangman Page says something to Johnny as he struggles to get out of the ring. And we have what I kind of thought we were going to have, Hangman against Kenny and the Bucks. I had said this last week. I said that there was a situation I could see this happening. In. And mm-hmm. this this was kind of the situation. But I disagree with the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny squares off with Hangman, and they go face-to-face. And after some heated words, Kenny spits in Hangman's face. Mm-hmm. Such a class act. Hangman explodes with a right hand and they trade. COVID. Hangman, yes. Hangman explodes with a right hand and they trade strikes until the Bucks get involved. The Bucks and Omega hit the infamous, infamous triple super kick, which is funny because that's the move they that people thought they were going to hit back on Full Gear 2019 or whatever it was. It is thundering like a motherfucker outside. Page. I'm going to jump ahead here because this just two seconds because this was stupid to me. Page kicks out of the triple super kick. Yes, he does. Well, that, that, that was crazy. That was the spot. I said Page um, gets triple super kicked. And the next thing I was going to say is he kicks out. So that drive you crazy because that drove me crazy. He shouldn't be kicking out of the triple super kick, but then they shouldn't have hit him. They should have missed. Something. You know what I mean? Or, like, they hit him and he falls out of the ring. My next note is JR's a moron, and I don't remember why. I might have it here. Um, Okay. Let's see here. Uh, Yes. Triple super kick to Hangman. Omega covers, but the motherfucking cowboy kicks out, despite bleeding from the mouth. Um, They hang Hangman on the middle rope so Nick can deliver a top rope 450. Guess what? Hangman kicks out of that, too. Okay, so at this point, to your audience, you have... Okay, we're going to run with uh, Super Hangman. 
for the next yeah. few weeks, right? Guy who kicks out of everything. He's he's super Cena. I'm not opposed to it, especially since we're in North Carolina. But, but, but. I don't remember what JR said. He said something. I remember it. I remember being annoyed. Page roars back and nails the Elite with a moonsault off the top to the outside. Despite the best efforts from the Bucks, Hangman hits the Buckshot Lariat on both Nick and Matt and pins like Matt to eliminate him. Okay. Okay, now we're starting to see what I thought might happen. <laughs> Hangman takes on Kenny and the Bucks by himself. KT says, JR's a moron, and I don't remember why. I mean, this could just be a general statement. It's not like you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Very true. So so Matt Jackson is gone, and at this point, I'm like, this is what they're going to do to get Hangman over. Kenny, I mean, Hangman's going to go through the elite, literally. Everything that they put him through for the past two years, he's going to go through them tonight, right? So we're down to Nick Jackson and Kenny versus uh, Hangman Page. Kenny brings in one of the tag belts, and Rick Knox takes it away from him. So Cutler hands Kenny the AEW title. Kenny swings, but Page ducks, and Page hits Kenny with the dead eye. Hangman. It might have been it might have been that because I think because when he handed him the AEW title, I think Jr. went. Is that, Is that the, the Impact, Impact title? title? Yep, that's what he said. And Excalibur was like, fucking belt dipshit. <laughs> Excalibur goes, no, JR, that's the AW World Championship. Idiot. <laughs> uh, Kenny swings with Page Ducks, and Page hits Kenny with the dead eye. Hangman covers, but Kenny kicks out. Why is he kicking out of the dead eye? I understand it's not the buckshot, but still. Um, if anything, it should have got broken up. But Page sets up for the buckshot again, but Nick Jackson grabs him by the leg. Rick Knox yells at Nick to get back to his corner, and with the distraction, Hangman nails Page in the face with the AEW World title. Okay, so he's kicked out of the triple superkick, he's kicked out of the the 450, and he and he just got hit with the world title. So that's it. They screwed him. They screwed the cowboy, right? Except for fucking Hangman kicks out of the world title. Uh, the world title shot to the face. Okay. Kenny is enraged, and he screams at Rick Knox. So here's where I'm going to go a little bit off to the side here. What if Kenny choked Rick Knox and Knox disqualified him? And then you're left with Hangman and Nick Jackson, and Hangman wins. So Kenny doesn't get pinned. You protect them, and you get and you give the cowboy the fucking win. Something that to me seems like the most natural progression of the way that match was going. Like, because you're not gonna, you don't want to pin Kenny. I get it, but that's why he, he flips out on Rick Knox, and they were right there. He was already flipping out on Rick Knox. Have him fucking shove Knox or pie face him or something. Just just because of his temper, you know what I mean? That way Kenny doesn't get pinned. Instead, what happens uh, is that after Kenny is done screaming at Rick Knox, and Rick Knox does nothing but cry like a bitch, Kenny delivers two V-triggers to the back of Page's head. Omega then lifts Hangman and delivers the one-winged angel, and this time, Hangman has run out of kickouts in the Elite win. Mm -hmm. 
At which point I wrote, okay, so what the fuck do we do from here? Okay, now I had I had mentioned this last week that I could see a scenario where, um, and we, we, we discussed it, you said, you know, you can't, you can't right now, you have to keep this train going in one direction. I agree with you. Personally, I think, like I said, my scenario would have made more sense. What they're going to do, because All Out is not for another five weeks, is, you know, we do the old fucking... It's a stupid, overly used trope that they used to do with Austin McMahon all the time, where Austin is out of chances. He's never going to get the world title again, but, oh, look, he bought... He's the new CEO of the company or something like that. They're not going to get that cute with this, but what they're going to do is they're going to have Ken, uh, Hangman... I don't know. He's going to like call out Kenny for being a bitch, and he's going to fucking goad Kenny into accepting the match. Or Kenny's going to be like, you you really want this match? Then fine. Then beat the Bucks in a handicap match or something, and he's going to do it. Related question. Uh huh. If uh, if the rankings are so important, right? Why did the number one ranked guy have to win a match to get a title shot? Because that's what Kenny said, and he's the champ. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, okay. So there was one one thing that made me think last week that they could have Hangman lose but still get the title shot, right? Do you remember all the chances that they gave Kofi to get his title shot? And and then he lost every single one of them <laughs> because they screwed him because he won the gauntlet. And then they were like, oh, also you have to beat Daniel Bryan. And then he lost. And then they were like, you'll never get a shot. So that's what I kind of thought they might do is have Hangman just keep jumping through hoops until we get to All Out. You know, and he clears the final hoop, and then he gets his match. Um, in fact, didn't we do that with Austin back at WrestleMania 15? Um, well, I mean, not directly, but they had a match between um, Big Show and Mankind, and if Big Show won, he was going to be the the corporation's personal guest referee. You know what I mean? So he just kept throwing obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. I think that's what they're going to do with Hangman. But I'm with you. I would have preferred him win tonight. Even him by himself. Mm-hmm. He should have taken out... And he took When he took out Matt Jackson, I thought we were doing step one. And mm-hmm. I thought he was going to take out Nick. Again, I understand you don't want to pin Kenny. There's so many ways around that. So, that was... Especially in North Carolina. Don't do that. Everybody's white hot for Hangman, and... Eh, he loses. I don't know. I don't know. Look, obviously the story's not over. If the story ends at all out with Hankman Page hoisting the title, I'll be fine. If it doesn't, we have a problem. So what you're saying is the hometown curse lives on. Yes, but that's. I thought that was a WWE thing. Mm. Mm. Backstage, Alex Marvez is with Pac. Marvez questions why Penta and Phoenix aren't here, and Pac screams they are here, but they're stuck at the airport, so that means they're not here? 
<laughs> not in the fucking building, are they, Pac? They're in Charlotte. Uh-huh. Um, Pac is pissed because some anonymous tipster canceled their car. Pack then mock wonders who that could have been. You know I love when you do voices. I know. And enter El Idolo and his entourage. Uh, Chavo's... Oh, now Chavo's a heel. <laughs> now that they're not in Texas. Okay. They had to get out of Texas. I don't blame them. Chavo says it's okay because Andrade has sent a limo to pick them up. And Chavo then explains to Pack what a limo is. That was, that was great. That was pretty funny. That was that to me was like classic Chava when he was just like a dick. You know what I mean? Ugh, I missed that. Andrade calls Pack his little friend and then tells him, "Learn to treat people better because if he doesn't, they could end up working for someone who does." So that's what we're gonna do now. We're gonna do uh, Andrade is gonna treat Phoenix and Penta better. And he's going to, like, get them to turn on Pack, Supposedly. We'll see. Uh, we cut back to the arena, and Taz is finally tall. He's standing on... <laughs> <laughs> he's standing on a structure reminiscent of Bad News Barrett's podium stage. <laughs> I wish it was on a scissor lift. Right. Uh, Taz with an FTW banner that says, Kill or Be Killed. KT says Chavo going full Kerwin White. Oof. Oof. Uh, Taz introduces the new... Taz, Taz, standing behind a placard that says FTW, established 1987, when the oldest person on the team outside of Taz was born in 1991. Well... He's old, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I know he's old. Uh, Taz introduces the new FTW heavyweight champion, absolute Ricky Starks. Ricky and Hook make their way to the ring as a New Orleans jazz band plays Ricky to the ring. A plant in the crowd gives Ricky a kiss on the cheek. How do I know she's a plant? Because she gives him a bouquet of orange roses. I wrote, oh, there's a band. A poorly mic'd band. Stark starts off by saying Hobbs would have loved this, but he's off recruiting. Nice cover. Where's he actually? Did he get COVID, too? You don't know? So, okay. Oh, go ahead. Here's what I thought was going to happen. Well, you can get to what actually happens in a minute here. But here, as soon as I saw Taz on the platform and Starks and Hook celebrating in the ring, I went, oh, Cage is just going to th- threaten to throw Taz off the platform. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because why else would there be a fucking platform? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Nice segue. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Starks says he put up with a lot from Brian Cage, but the final straw was when Starks broke his neck. Cage never called to check up on him. Not even once. Ricky says he's a star, something Cage hasn't been able to do in his little 17-year career. Enter the machine, Brian Cage. Cage beats up the band, and Hook correctly hides outside. Cage grabs a trombone as JR takes a veiled, somewhat funny jab at Xavier Woods and says, there's no place for trombones in wrestling. I wrote, oh, hey, a WWE reference. 
But I don't Why? think I don't think Jr. said that like with any like venom. I'm pretty sure like he's yeah. cool with Woods. You know what I mean? Go ahead, go ahead. Cage, so, so Cage grabs Cage grabs the trombone. Yeah, and he he takes it in the ring. He throws it in the ring. He goes in the ring. And he breaks it in half. Yep, breaks it over his knee. Why the Why the fuck would Ricky Starks give a shit that Brian Cage broke a trombone? Uh, I don't know. But Ricky throws the roses in Cage's face and runs away. He also smashed the bass drum over the bass drummer's head. Yes. Starks and Hook leave. And that's it. That's the whole segment. Nothing else. To which I'm not kidding you, and you know me, I flipped the fuck out when I watched it. I wrote, well, that sucked. Because I did did a very nice job last night and today of staying away from all spoilers, right? So when I finally sat down and watched it, I'm I'm getting ready to like write out this whole fucking segment of this happened and then this happened and he threw Taz off the platform, like all this stuff, right? And they just leave. Oh, he broke a trombone. Oh my god. He didn't even beat up Hook. They just leave. That and I wrote that was the shortest and most pointless segment on AEW this year, and that's saying something. It was bad. So stupid. I was like, that was fucking pointless. What the fuck? I was so mad. It was like two minutes. And most of that was Ricky walking down to the ring. And I'm not even saying I'm, I'm... I don't care if there was 30 seconds. If he fucking took Taz and threw him off the platform or threatened to and got a title shot, then I would have been fine with it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the time. It has to do with nothing happened. (laughs) Not one fucking thing. I thought, at the very least, Hobbs was going to, like, come out and attack him. And they'd be like, ha-ha, Hobbs is actually here! Like, even though that's stupid, that would at least make sense. Mm -hmm. Hook has no right being that attractive based on who his father is. What happened next? We go to a pre-tape from Japanese legend Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi challenges the winner of tonight's IWGP US title match. Adam, do you know who Tanahashi is? I've heard the name. Well, that's better than most of the people who we talk about from New Japan on this show. Um, Do you know who Okada is? I've heard the name. You have a shirt. You have an Okada shirt, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it says something about Dropkicks on it. Yes. Um, it, was a, it was It was a mystery buy from Pro Wrestling Tees. And I got it and went, who the fuck is this? Anyway. Does anybody want this shirt? Okay. When I say <laughs> Japanese legend, the best way I can say it is that Tanahashi is to New Japan what John Cena is to the WWE. He's where, like, does Haku, where does Hakushi fit in all this? Hakushi. The guy in the white pants with all the tattoos? Yeah. Oh. I know that I know that guy. Yeah, but that was 30 fucking years ago, man. That's like saying, where's Bret Hart fins all of this? He was good when he was back in 94. Anyway. Is, Tanah- is that Tanahashi's dad, maybe? No. Right. Well, I got nothing, then. Tanahashi's, like I said, one of the greatest ever in the history of New Japan, okay? 
He challenges the winner of tonight's IWGP US title match. Oh, so Lance wins tonight and then loses to Tanahashi. I see. <laughs> Not going to go there, but yeah, probably. Let's go to match two. Because Moxley doesn't want to go to Japan. Uh, enter FTR, because the second match on the show should always be the match of the night. Uh, the Pinnacle now have a uh, new warm-up jacket, so that's fun. Conan accompanies Santana and Ortiz to the ring because inner circle. Anyway, we start with Ortiz and Cash. We lock up. Cash gets taken down twice in quick succession. Back to the feet for the snapmare from Wheeler. Back and forth we go, and Ortiz barely hits a monkey flip, which sends Cash sprawling to the floor. Dax and Santana in now. They lock up and they dance off the ropes, and we no-sell some clotheslines. We slug it out in the ri- in the middle of the ring. No one's selling a goddamn thing. Santana hits two amigos, then Ortiz tags in to help him with the third. A bizarre powerbomb combo, and Santana leaves the ring. Big Spinebuster gets a two-count for Dax, and we go to half-box. Did you lose something? I'm looking for my other cough drop. I thought I brought two, but I guess I'll have one. When we return, Ortiz nails Cash with an enzigiri. Dax comes in. Santana gets the tag. He clears house. Out of the corner, Santana with a release back suplex. Then a slingshot sends Dax into the post. Santana dives on Cash, then climbs the ropes for a diving nothing. As Dax rolls out of the way, Ortiz in. He sends Dax into Cash on the roll-up, then uses the momentum of the kickout, sure, to leap on Cash on the floor. That was kind of dumb. Sunset flip on Dax by Ortiz gets a two, and Paul Turner finally decides to count. Santana hits a frog splash on Dax for another two. Then the bug in the corner tells us that both the IWGP United States title match and Tony Khan announcing a new event are up next. (sighs) Santana completely no-sells a German and hits a big clothesline on, uh, I wrote on Santana, but it was not. Uh, I'm going to guess that was uh, Dax. Mm -hmm. Sure. Ortiz powerbombs Dax. Cash DDTs Ortiz. Cash tries to DDT Santana, but gets chucked off. Santana powerbombs Dax and gets a two-count. Santana tags out. Dax gets a quick roll-up for two. Then he dims Ortiz's lights with a jab. FTR want the powerplex, but Santana shoves Cash off the corner, causing him to somehow lacerate his arm. We see Turner tell Dax that Cash hurt himself, and Dax hits a big superplex on his own. Dax with a brain buster, and that's your finish. Dax immediately goes and checks on his partner. Paul Turner and Tully eventually wander over as well. Ortiz and Conan attend to Santana in the ring, and Tony sends us to an interview he did earlier today with Britt Baker and her broken wrist. That was fun. Nice little fucked up finish there. Yeah. I'm going to assume this would have at least had a better finish had Cash's arm not got sliced open. Probably would have gone a little longer, too. I was trying to figure out where they added something, though, because they were right up against the clock the whole fucking show, as always. So that's why I was like, well, how much longer could have went unless they just gave us, like, a video package that we weren't supposed to get this week? I don't know. But, um... I was enjoying it until all of a sudden it ended that abruptly, and then I was mad because I was like, wait, just a brain buster, that's it? We're done here? Sheer drop, right about that? But I guess if Cash sliced his fucking arm open, I guess what can you do at that point, right? Yeah. So, it, you know, I, I, I'd like to see them in a rematch, maybe tell a story like yeah, I know both teams can. 
Yeah, what we got was good, but it was obvious that it got cut. That it got uh, cut a little bit. Yeah. As far as Dax, Dax's, uh, not Dax, Cash's arm, dude, I don't know what the fuck. Like, at one point, like, when he first went out there, it looked like there was a cut on his arm. And then when the match was over and Dax went out to check on him, it looked like Friday the 13th. I was like, what the fuck happened? Astra says it was the women's match six minutes instead of three. Maybe that's where they added time. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Tony also, and Britt, Tony at... Mm. You, you, kind of, as uh, soon as this match happened, I, I all, all of a sudden knew exactly how the rest of the uh, show was going to flow. <laughs> it was going to be this match, and then this match, and then it was going to be the U.S. title match, and then it was going to be the six-man. And then, of course, in that fucking fifth spot, before the main event, you get a three-minute women's match, and then you get your main event. So remember, the bug in the corner said that the U.S. title match and Tony Khan's announcement were up next. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Tony Schiavone with Britt Baker. Uh, he asks her to comment on her match, and Britt says the word bitch twice. Uh, Britt admits she's injury-prone and says it's time to bring in someone who will always have her back. She knows that for as long as she holds the title, there will be people waiting with bated breath for her to fail. And on that note, we go to break. I thought that was a nice little promo by Brett. It kind of like, it tied in the character of like, oh, there's all these people out there, like even on the internet, looking for me to fail. Um, new bodyguard? Something. She said since since Reba can't, you know, possibly protect her at all times, she's going to have someone else watch her back. So I'm thinking, 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 thinking. Maybe Awesome Kong. Yeah. I don't know. She'll find somebody, so she doesn't have to do much work until her wrist is healed. Where's Mel been? Where'd Mel go? We lose Mel. Oh, she's still employed. Maybe they can use Mel. <laughs> well, when we come back, Tony Schiavone's standing on the stage. He goes for the cheap pop, and then he makes the announcement instead of Tony Khan. Thank God. Well, I was going to say, you complaining? Uh, <laughs> Rampage debuts on August 13th, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the August 20th episode, which will be a special episode from the United Center in Chicago, and will be called The First Dance. Okay. I was I was very surprised at the location because I know that they're not going to run at the Rosemont horizon. There's no chance they get in there, but Does that even still exist. Yeah. It's the all state arena now. Okay. Then, okay. I knew it wasn't the, the horizon. So, but WWE rarely runs at the United center cause they have such a good setup at, at the all state. So I'm, I'm like, wow, the United center is where the fucking Blackhawks play. It's where the fucking, um, the Bulls play now, so they are they really going to sell out the United Center? That's like 17,000 people. <laughs> but I'm assuming they'll just have a bunch of sections blacked off. <laughs> like, you know, the entire balcony. Uh, but go ahead, continue. Uh, yeah, so it'll be called The First Dance. We talked last week that they had trademarked that for a television presentation. Thankfully, it's not a series. It's just this one episode of Rampage. They really love their special episodes, don't they? They really love uh, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> the, the crowd chants CM Punk, and Tony throws it to Alex Marvez. Just because they talked about Chicago, the crowd chants CM Punk. That, to me, was very well, telling. 
Not just because they talked about Chicago. At this because point? Been, because there have been rumors for the past week and a half that CM Punk is signing with AEW. Yes. No, I understand that. And I'm no, I know that many of the AEW fans are internet you know, wrestling community fans. So, of course, they would hear these rumors. It, it was just interesting to me that, wow, we haven't even like really done anything yet. All we said was we're going to do this show in Chicago and we get CM Punk chance. Everything after this was like blatantly shoving it down your throat, but you know. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of which, of which <laughs> Alex recaps what Tony just said and then doesn't actually ask a question. He just puts the mic in Darby's face. Really? Because I wrote, Sting, Darby, your thoughts on CM Punk coming to AEW? <laughs> No, he did. He, he Alex Marvez did what Alex Marvez do, and just went. This is news that we were all already aware of. Huh? Uh, Darby says he'll be in Chicago and says it's the one place to prove that you're the best. And then he calls out CM Punk directly. Subtlety is not their forte. So calls him out directly. Did he say his name? No, no, but he's no. The he best said in the world. He said, "I've met a lot of men who think they're the greatest, but there's only one place to prove it, and that's AEW." Mind you, Sting the entire time does not move, and then he Sting. goes, "It's just a cardboard cutout." Even if you think you're the best in the world, and everyone went. Ah! <laughs> yeah, subtlety is not their forte. I didn't mind that. You minded that? I thought it was all right for Darby saying bit, something like that. It was a bit on the news. Um, they they have set themselves up though to, as Jason put it, steal headlines from the WWE on SummerSlam weekend. Right? Or, they don't counter. They don't counter program though. Or, um. Set up people to be extremely angry. Extremely Extre- Like, we're talking Daniel Bryan levels of um, Royal Rumble 2015 angry. <laughs> okay, not even 14, 15. Okay, when Rock tried to come out to save Roman, everybody was still like, boo! Just wait, just wait until Rey Mysterio comes out instead. That's the other thing, and and I know it's, we're not in Aberdeen, Washington, but would the crowd still be mad if Daniel Bryan came out instead? No, he's debuting in New York. That's true. Okay, match number three, IWGP United States Championship. Lance Archer versus Hikaleo. Hikaleo makes his way to the entrance and then looks to the tunnel, and King Haku makes his way out. Why why is he King Haku and not Meng? Why would he be Meng? Haku is just a WF thing though. But this is New Japan. That's what he's called in New Japan is King Haku. When he okay. showed up there like three years ago, he was Okay, well King that's Haku. all I had to say. Oh. I didn't know you didn't know that. That's fine. I don't know anything about Japan. So. <laughs> Forgive me. Everybody in the thread... Well, no, that's a lie. Troy and Jason know things about Japan, and Ginger kind of hears some things about Japan here and there. And I know John at one time watched Japan Wrestling, but, you know. 
Um, KT, Sting doing his best Sting in a box impression. About 10 seconds before they cut to Marvez and Darby, Darby was telling his dad not to do anything that will embarrass him more. This is my promo. You just stand there and don't touch anything. <laughs> and he did. He didn't even fucking um, move his face when when <laughs> when Darby called out the best in the world. That was the statue that they were sp- trying to make in WBF. Which, the by the way, um, <laughs> the best in the world, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't come back and, and start to use that moniker, because that... You know, that rivals Christian's ridiculous outwork everyone catchphrase. Anyway. Um, Excalibur tells us that Haku is Hikuleo's father, as well as the father of the Gorillas of Destiny, who are a tag team in New Japan. Which Tom- which they also told us last week. Tama Tonga and Tongaloa. Uh, Archer comes out without Jake. My guess... Jake still owes Haku money from, like, 88. <laughs> oh, Jake shit. didn't want to get punched shit, in the face. I can't, I, can't, I can't be a dynamite tonight. No, no, no. I never paid him for that cocaine back in 89. Archer grabs Hikuleo by the throat, but the son of Haku does the same. Archer backs him into the corner and charges in with some clotheslines before giving him the mounted punches in the corner. In classic Undertaker form, Hikuleo powerbombs Archer down. This gets a two count. Speaking of classic Undertaker form, Excalibur informs us that while Archer is 6'8", Hikuleo stands at 6'10". <laughs> that might be the biggest person... In, well, not no, Big Show, yeah, but, you know. Other than Big Show. I think that might be the <laughs> biggest person that's ever been in AEW. KT says, Punk will claim he's the best in the world until someone does a promo, a promo on him and mentions Mickey Gall. Oh, Ouch. Uh, Archer straight up punches Hikuleo in the face three times, and each time looks stiffer than the last. Hikuleo shakes it off and drops Archer with a Randy Orton-style power slam. Hikuleo then clotheslines Lance up and over the top to the floor, and we were t- we are told that the winner of this match will fly to Japan to, the p- to defend the championship against Tanahashi as we go to Box and Box. Now, that's another thing I mentioned last week. Hey, maybe this was just Moxley being like, I don't want to go defend the title in Japan. Yeah, Lance flies to Japan, loses to Tanahashi. Tanahashi flies to the United States and fights Moxley. Yep. Which, you know, New Japan's been trying to get their footing in the United States for a couple years now. Um, I think the show that they're talking about is going to be in Los Angeles. It probably will draw more if you have Tanahashi versus Moxley and if you build it up. So, good for them. And again, Mox just doesn't want to go to Japan. But I can't say I fucking blame him. Like, last time he went there, he got Mercer. Uh, And he's got a BB. And he's got a BB. Back from boxing, Higolo points a finger gun at Archer's Temple. We see during the break that King Haku applied a Tongan death grip to Archer behind the ref back and threw him into the barricade. Haku still the baddest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Archer goes old school. I don't. I don't. I don't know how old Haku is, but he will fuck you up uh, easily too. 
And that's what JR said. He goes, and he just walks away like it was like it was fucking nothing. <laughs> Archer goes old school and walks across the top rope before delivering a moonsault. Archer tries to follow up with the blackout, but Hikaleo fights out. So Archer hits him with a sky-high superplex instead. This gets a near fall. Archer lifts Hikaleo up again and walks to the center of the ring and delivers the blackout for the win. A definitive win for Lance Archer. How old do you think Haku is? I would say Haku is 60. 62. I was very close. You were very close. Um, this was... This felt like a pretty very like a very cookie cutter match to me. There was nothing special here. Uh, it, to me, it definitely shows that Hikoleo is the youngest son of Haku. Because <laughs> Gorilla's Destiny are really good, but Hikoleo seems a little bit green and a little bit limited. Think he's got talent, and you know. But here we go. Basically, it's another guy on Dynamite that probably shouldn't be on primetime television. <laughs> Uh, and again, Hikoleo did nothing bad, but it was very basic. Yeah. yeah. Power slam. Clothesline over the top. Superplex. Don't move when I put you off for the, the blackout. Just go with it. <laughs> like, Whatever. Archer retains. Uh, let's go to Marvez, who is in the gorilla position with Colonel Sanders Jr., Cody begins to get political, and uh, um, I said Alistair. Malachi Black attacks him. They fight out the. <laughs> they fight out through the tunnel, and Black lays out Cody with a jumping knee strike. Malachi then welcomes Cody and all of us to the House of Black. Is that like the House of Truth? Are we getting Truth Martini and eating them? <laughs> Uh, jobbers from the back come out to check on Cody, and one of them is Fuego, and unfortunately for Fuego, he gets black masked, and we go to commercial. Uh, Cody, I will really- do anything to be on Dynamite. Smack! <laughs> you want to get kicked in the face by, uh, Alistair Black? Huh? <clears throat> Cody's really running this white suit, black suit thing on the fucking ground, huh? I hate it. Speaking That's why I said Colonel Sanders Jr., uh, the the uh, the layout uppercut. It looks dumb enough when it happens during a match, but Cody doing it during a brawl just looks fucking stupid. I know. <laughs> um, I'm very concerned about about Malachi, to be honest, because that bruise on his face does not seem to be healing at all. He should probably get that checked out. No, it actually um, looks like it's getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice of Jerry Lynn to finally run out. He was only sitting right next to Cody when, when Black attacked him in the back. Uh, and my last night, my last note, oh, please, no one cares about Fuego Del Sol. That's true. Back from commercial for a pre-tape from your TNT champion. Miro says only two things motivate him in life, and that's a vengeful God and his double, <laughs> and his double-jointed wife. KT says this bit existed because fuck Fuego. Um, Miro finds new ways to try to claim Lana's talented. <laughs> he went from his super flexible wife to his double jointed wife. Uh, I don't know if I believe it. 
I mean, even still, good for him. But, you know. Uh, praise be the most word of, of the of Redeemer. Miro's, most of Miro's promos these days seems to be, it just seems to be him going, I've had sex! And, and I worship God. I've had sex! With Lana. With Lana. With Lana. I, she let me put my penis inside her. I thought you were going to say in her we, ass. We did that. We we did make sex things. Oh, for love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not a fan of the Miro promo this week. Who's, uh, who's Miro fighting next week? More on that later. Oh, it's Lee Johnson, the guy who nearly crippled himself on Dark? Oh, it's Lee Johnson, a guy who has no chance to do anything but fucking uh, tap out to the accolade? Guy who almost crippled himself on Dark in the dream match of the Elite GM tournament winner. Oh, when he fought Luther? Yeah. What happened? I didn't you watch didn't it. See the th- you didn't see the thing that uh, the... Troy shared a tweet from the AEW botches. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, there you go. Oh, what an idiot. (laughs) Yep. Enter the hunky, funky octopus. Uh, Matt, private party, and Angelico for this match against the Geriatric Express. Matt waves to, I assume, his family. Nice job on the hunky, funky octopus. (laughs) Sadly, Marco's here this week. During during, doing questions, Tony says he was handed a note from QT Marshall saying that his apology will come next week since Tony's family will be in attendance. No one cares. Sal, I I can't wait for that. Christian starts with Angelico, so this should be awkward. And I'm immediately proven correct as Angelico gets caught on a standing switch into a hip toss because Christian didn't move his arm out far enough. Christian tangs in Jungle, and they double hip toss. Uh, that gets a one count. Jungle takes the wrist. He slaps the chest and does the flippity-dippity arm drag. And Helico hurls him to the floor by his trunks. Jack lands on his feet and throws Cassie into the barricade. Hardy hurls Jungle into the barricade, and Christian and Marco chase Hardy off. Cassidy tags in and chokes Jungle with his do-rag. Hardy continue the offensive until Quen wants poetry in motion. Jungle avoids it and tags Luchasaurus, who beats up everyone. Stupid triple German spot is stupid. Then Luchasaurus um, wants to choke slim both party members. Go ahead. Let me explain <laughs> how bad this was. He snatches up Marco for a German suplex. No. Oh, not Marco, sorry. He snatches up um, Cassidy. Then Cassidy snatches up Quinn. Then Quinn snatches up Blade. Then Luchasaurus sets himself. No. Not Blade. Not Blade. And Helico. And Helico. Also, I think Helico was first. Too many Hardy family offices. Doesn't matter. The point of the matter is, it took so long to set up, and it looked like shit when they did it. And I fucking despised it. It was so bad. Luchasaurus supposedly German suplexed three people at the same time. Yeah, except for, like I said, it looked like shit. It was dumb. It was stupid, as I said. Uh, fuck was I? Luchasaurus wants to choke slam both party members. They flip out of it and kick him. 
They take out Christian. Jungle Boy clotheslines Cassidy, then dives on Cassidy and Angelico. Luchasaurus choke slams Quen. Christian hits the frog splash and pins Quen for three. <sighs> anyway, Christian high fives around the ringside area until someone in an AEW hoodie cold cocks him. It's Blade with the Nucks, and to break we go. Yeah, he knocked him out fucking cold so that we can get Blade versus Christian next week. Yay? That sucked. That really sucked. You think that sucked? Wait till we get um, like a fucking cage match or some type of last man standing match between Hardy and Christian, because you know that's <laughs> happening too. Uh, we come back for a Nick Gage promo. He brags about what a shitty wrestler he is. Yeah, I can barely understand him when he fucking talks. I'm not even kidding. Match number five, it is Teenage Sensation, Julia Hart. Yeah, I'm going to go take a pee. Versus Thunder Rosa. During Julia's entrance, we get a Goldman box where Pillman and Garrison cut her promo for her. How very kind of them. How, how very Christian and Jungle Boy. Thunder Rosa also gets a Goldman box and does a much better job than the Varsity Blondes combined in a shorter amount of time. The bell rings, and we get a Thunder Rosa chant. They tie up, and Thunder Rosa takes Hart down with a side headlock takeover. Hart tries a leg scissors, but Rosa kips up out of it, and then goes back to the side headlock. We go cover for cover off some leg trips, and then we get a stalemate, and Thunder Rosa gives Julia props. Don't do that. Don't encourage her. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Julia wastes time clapping and waving to the fans, so Rosa picks the ankle and applies an ankle lock. Luckily for the Hart family's only illegitimate child that we know of, she gets to the ropes. Thunder Rosa punishes the 19-year-old with some stiff chops and quick strikes that rock Julia. With Julia stuck in the corner, Thunder Rosa attempts a basement dropkick, but Hart escapes, and Rosa hits nothing but the turnbuckle. Julia hits a forward handspring clothesline, and tries to follow up with a bulldog, but Rosa shoots her off the ropes, trips Julia coming in and applies a knee bar. Eventually. Hart once again is forced to crawl to the ropes for the break. Rosa follows up, and this time gets the basement dropkick. Rosa picks up Hart, almost loses her, but repositions, and hits the fire thunder driver for the win. I wrote, not a great first official match for Thunder Rosa, but you could probably blame that on her opponent. I wrote, well, it was a match. Uh, yeah, welcome to AEW. Here's a list of girls who can't work. Don't die. <laughs> Although I will say they did bring up Thunder Rosa, possibly getting a shot against Brit, and of course Shivani was like, Neh. <laughs> so if they end up getting there that's fine I don't mind Brit and uh, Thunder Rosa in like I don't want to say all out because I don't think Brit's going to be healed by then I don't know I guess we'll see next week AEW comes home to Jacksonville for the first time in four weeks wow it's five it's five Cody versus Malachi Black, TNT we'll Championship match, Miro versus Lee Johnson, 
NWA Women's World Championship Eliminator match, the Bunny versus Legit Layla Hirsch, where the winner will get a shot at the NWA Women's Championship and a complimentary Smashing Pumpkins t-shirt. Also just signed. No, that no, that's that's in the that's only on power. Oh. So you mean all those other girls on power don't get a title shot, but they get the t-shirt? Hmm. Someone. Also just signed just now the the Christian versus the Blade. After a commercial break, we hear from John Moxley who was pissed off that he sees all these people in the Olympics in Japan, but he can't get booked in a match there. Moxley says, it's funny, the minute he doesn't have the IWGP US title, all of a sudden Tanahashi shows up on AEW TV. Mox tells Tanahashi, screw you, you're fired. Sorry, sorry, I meant screw you, you don't get to wrestle me. Mox says he sent a stack of contracts to NJPW, so let's see what comes back signed. Any thoughts on the John Moxley promo? Um... No. So it certainly seems that his focus is going to be New Japan for the immediate future. He won't actually go there, but that's where his uh, storylines are going to be tied into. Um, this uh, He is the forbidden door. But did he get into Renee's forbidden door? Oh! Oh, that's why they have a kid. <laughs> Uh, and then it's time for our main event of the evening. Forbidden door butt sex jokes will never get old. No. Ah, fuck, it's main event time. Yeah, and who who has this match to cover? Not me. Arthritis pain haver versus Chip and or Dale. Uh, we still got a karaoke, though. So, <laughs> I, I want to say I wrote this before the, the comment on... on and uh, I think it was the I think it was the house thread, or did I see it somewhere else? Anyways, uh, so by putting on the worst Juggalo makeup anyone's ever seen, Jericho suddenly becomes like super hardcore. Is that the story here? That wasn't the exact comment in the host thread. the The meme in the host thread was Greg the Hammer Valentine with sad makeup on versus uh, a balding present day Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Yeah. So, some something somewhere I read about uh, maybe it was on a Facebook group about Jer- Jericho looking like a shitty juggler. Uh, Justin Roberts goes through puberty, introducing Nick Gage. And whoa, 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 whoa! Him. You're not going to bring up Jericho's mask, his Oscar fucking mask. Only it was an all black with white paint on it. And then Who the cares? I mean, he's he's super serious Japanese assassin now, Chris Jericho, because he has a he has a he has a cool mask. It's a hat. It's a big hat. Fun hat. <laughs> Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's not my name. Uh, then here comes MJF to be on commentary. Gage starts the match, pizza cutter in hand. I don't recall Aubrey Edwards actually ringing the bell at any point. Time out. Uh, time out. Time out. Um, in the past two weeks, a flash flood warning. On four separate occasions, Excalibur has told us that Nick Gage almost died in a match. <laughs> you know what? At this point, it's a shame he didn't. All right, fucking hell. 
Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> KT says, ah, great. Next up, Clockwork Jericho versus the ghost of Sean Spears' future. Yeah, so I don't, I don't recall Aubrey Edwards ever actually ringing the bell to start the match, but uh, sadly it happens anyways. Gage gives Jericho a boo-boo on his right bicep with the pizza cutter. They brawl, and Gage hits a spine buster. Uh, broski boot by Gage, ironic. And we go to the floor. Gage hits a shitty forearm, then a headbutt. Jericho misses a right hand completely and throws Gage into the barricade. He throws Gage back into the ring and, we, and goes to the top where he gets caught. A superplex by Gage, then a Falcon-ish arrow, and this gets a two count. The crowd chants something. Who cares? They chant, we wants want tables. And I have to ask you, why the fuck do they always want tables? Tables aren't even that exciting. It's the same finish every time. Continue. Uh Gage wants another broski boot, but gets caught and turned to the, into the walls, kind of. Gage makes it to the ropes, and then the floor. Jericho follows, and MJF promises not to pay Gage if he loses. What is he, the former president? Gage sends Jericho into the ring post, then looks under the ring skirt for something. He retrieves a couple light tubes, and Jericho gets Floyd. He gets five tubes total. He branches one, and Jericho hits him repeatedly with Floyd. Chokeslam backbreaker by Gage, and he pulls out the pizza cutter again. He pizzas Jericho's forehead, and we go to box. Conveniently, the first ad is for Domino's. More on that later. When we come back, a pane of glass has been introduced. It is laid between a couple of chairs. He lays Jericho underneath it, then gets caught on the ropes and hurricane run through it. This gets a two. Not only does this get a two, but... Gage hits one very specific portion of the glass towards the bottom left corner, and the whole thing shatters like it's fucking, dust. It's fucking safety glass. It's sugar glass. It's what it's they not use in sugar, Hollywood. It's not sugar glass, but it's safety glass. It breaks into tiny little pieces. Okay, that's what. That ain't gonna. That ain't gonna hurt you. Uh, Astro says tables are classic. They are, and they and they explode nicely. This is true. Uh, da, 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 sometimes sometimes da, 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 da. they just break in half completely where they cut it, but that's okay. <laughs> Jericho hits Gage with a chair, then tries a code breaker, but gets caught and dropped onto the shards of safety glass. What? I wrote shards. Shards of safety glass? I wrote shards of safety glass instead of shards. It's a Nick Gage match, you never know. Uh, Gage breaks a light tube over his over Jericho's back, then one over Jericho's head. Then Gage hits a pile driver for two. Okay. Luckily, we have to pause because I have to ask you. I told the fans last week I was going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you: Were you happy when Jericho got a light tube exploded over his face? Why would I be happy? Because you hate Jericho. I know Troy laughed. Uh, KT says GCW title match and an AEW match in one week. Sounds like the most work Nick Gage has ever had legally. Um, uh, Gage hits a power driver too. Luckily, Aubrey has brought her work gloves this evening, so she doesn't get glass in her hands. Gage stabs at Jericho's head with a light tube remnant, a la Moxley with the fork last week. Then he does it again. Yeah, but this was Gage, like worse. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Gage retrieves a bundle of light tubes, so Jericho spits in his face. They call it mist, but it wasn't really mist. It was just spit. Jericho breaks the bundle over Gage's face, then hits a Judas and pins him for three. What a fucking disgusting shit show. Like, I know for a fact that there are people out there that love this, but 
I have to believe that there are people out there who do death matches that are a lot better than these two idiots. Jesus, <laughs> Gage gets misted and tubed and does the Mortal Kombat finish me dance. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, <sighs> no, there's got to be like much better, actually talented people in the deathmatch circuit than these two idiots. Right? Like, again... What's the, who's the, what's the Jesus guy's name? Seth Rollins? Pa- pa- Panzer Dragoon? What's that guy's name? Yeah. Jesus! What's that oh, guy's name? Oh, that guy's name was Zandig, but he's like... Zandig. Oh, you know what, though? At, at some point in this match, I was kind of hoping Joey Janela was going to come out and take Jericho's place. Because at least I know he can do a deathmatch. <laughs> Dude, this was fucking terrible. Like, I get it. I I don't like death matches, but I I really didn't like this. This. Let's take 75 light tubes off from underneath the ring. And then when that isn't enough, let's take four that are taped together. This is so dumb. And I used to love ECW. So... Again, having never having never seen a death match in in real life. To me this felt very much like okay, we can't do an actual death match cuz we're on TV. So let's do some stuff that will kind of look death matchy. See, it's funny you mention that because the very first offensive maneuver when Gage swiped at Jericho's forearm with the pizza cutter, I was like, oh, that's lame. Like, ooh, I cut your arm. And then just because we got more bloody didn't mean it got better. It just was like, what the fuck's the point? Let me take a pizza cutter and slice it against your forehead repeatedly. That's what I say about all of this. shit. <laughs> That's the fucking point. That being said, Jericho also, and I don't know if I should give him credit for this, I'm, I'm not going to, but he was a disgusting fucking mess at the end of this. He was gross. He was covered in blood, his own. Uh, he looked like he got into a bar fight in, in the back of a fucking alley. Like, I guess that's the point, but it was... Hey, Chris, I hope it was worth it, man. (laughs) Uh, MJF immediately grabs a mic to announce labor number three. Uh, Some masked jabroni named Hooventood? Oh, and uh, Jericho has to hit a move from the top rope to win. Also, MJF picked Hooventood because of a joke Chris made a year and a half ago. Anyways, that's the show. Um... Should I be, should I be impressed? Do you think, do you think I'm going to be impressed because he goes on and beats some guy named Hooventood? These labors make no sense. Well, the first one did. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. So you can win a death match. Okay. But can you beat a luchador from 20 years ago? Can you? You know how you said, 
I appreciate the fact that they're not just making him go through every inner circle. I mean, every <laughs> pinnacle member. At this point, it would have made more sense, and it would have been far more entertaining. Like at this point, I never, I never realized how much I want Jericho versus Dax Harwood there, in a regular is, fucking is match. There, is there any more evidence that they are flying by the seat of their pants than the fact that they followed up Nick Gage? With Juventud Guerrera. So you're telling me they don't, don't have a plan may, for the fourth? You don't maybe want to do those in the other or in, in in the opposite order? It's true. Bump Nick Gage back a spot or two? Or two, because he should probably be the final labor. Okay, so I would think that at this point the KT says also at this rate labor four is gonna be Jericho versus Malenko in a submission match. Ugh. I like the uh, I, I like the thing that got shared in the host thread yesterday. Um, uh, I gotta find it, but it was uh, where, where Labor Five was was getting uh, getting Jericho to admit that uh, Joe Biden fairly won the election. I guess we're not getting a match against uh, against MJF if that was the case. Then, so there it is. The five, the five labors of Jericho. Labor one, a charisma vacuum. Labor two, a man who couldn't beat Mid Cardona. Labor three, say no to an extra helping of dominoes. Labor four, walking up a light incline. Labor five, admitting Joe Biden legitimately won the election. <laughs> um, so, I would assume that the final labor label labor number four because five is mjf labor number four is wardlow in some type of gimmick fucking match right oh i thought he had to do the five labors before he got to mjf yeah that's what i thought too until mjf got that promo and he named all four he named four labors and then goes in the fifth labor me and i'm like then he has four labors you dumb fuck so yeah, they've they've. I mean, again, Wardlow's the only thing that makes sense. But now I really am worried that we're going to get like Malenko in a in a submission match or Lance Storm in like a super kick match or something dumb. Like you have to fight Paul White <laughs> in a body slam challenge. Can you imagine? <sighs> That's assuming that Jericho had, didn't like fucking sever a vein in that goddamn street Why the fight. fuck wouldn't MJF do something like that, though? Do something like what? You have to fight Paul White in a body slam challenge. Uh, because why is he why is he giving Jericho tasks that he could possibly complete? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, again. It probably would have made more sense if we just went through every Pinnacle member. Maybe with some stiffs in each match. Like, you have to fight Wardlow in a cage. That would have been fine, right? Also, I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of the labors. He has to fight Wardlow in a cage, but... Uh, they did that already. <sighs> Labor 5, Mark Henry versus Jericho in a bench press competition, because that worked out before. Uh, okay, let's do this. What are your overall thoughts for Fight for the Fallen? Uh, 
you know, it's somehow. No, I was gonna say that, and that doesn't. I realized no, it didn't live. It didn't live up to the hype. No. And you know what? For me, what it really comes down to, and and we can say this about a lot of things that upset us in AEW, but it really comes down to the booking. Why have Paige lose at this point? I understand you're trying to keep throwing obstacles at Paige, but now we have to get back to him getting a title shot. And how are you going to do that? Um, why is Cody in a white suit? Why? <laughs> why do I need that? We know. We know why Cody's in a white suit. What? Why did you have F, um, Santana and Ortiz lose? Even if the fucking finish was rushed, it was still probably the finish as far as who was going over. And why did I need to see glorified bum fights on my main event this week? Terrible. Um, yeah, it was... The, the opening match was okay as far as, like, match, but... The U.S. title match was about five minutes long and very limited. The six-man with Christian Cage and Jurassic Express was kind of boring. And yeah. then, And then we had a pointless women's title match. Uh, no, excuse me. We had a pointless women's match. No title. Mm-hmm. And then I like I said, I've I've said enough about the garbage, the absolute garbage. Like that's not wrestling to me. That's not. And I, again, I used to be a fan of ECW, but that what I saw in that main event isn't wrestling. It's junk. It's it's trash. It's everything I hate about those YouTube videos that have like a million hits when somebody's getting like beat up on a YouTube video or something like. Or, or those world star videos where like people like fight at McDonald's and shit. That's what this felt like. It was fucking stupid, and that's what's on my wrestling show. Uh, it, it's not for me. All right, I guess maybe there's an audience for it, but it's definitely not for me. I feel like you're in the same boat with that, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's just it didn't. There, there, there was something here, and they just didn't, didn't capitalize on it. Like I said, Adam, uh, Dark Order, Hangman Page losing the, the the opening match was 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 a surprise for sure. But like we said before, what the, what the fuck do you do from here? How do right. you how do you keep this going without killing it completely? Um, and how do you make it make sense? Because at this point, supposedly right. Hangman gives up his title shot now. Right. Yeah, FTR and FTR and, and Axlax was good, but had to had to get you know cut short. I guess uh, the United States title match was eh. It was short and it was very basic. The six man tag match existed. By the way, talk uh, about doing things in in um, reverse order. How do you do? What Mox and Archer did to them did to each other last week for the title, and then you follow that up with 
this fucking shit with Hikaleo, which, like we said, was very, very basic. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm instantly going to compare it to last week's title match and be like, huh, that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It's got a 7.98 on gauge match. 24 tens. 18 nines, 25 eights, 24 sevens, 10 sixes, two fives, four fours. I don't uh, want to intentionally piss I, myself off, but I do. I hate, I hate the internet. Okay, wait a minute. I don't want to intentionally piss myself off, but I do want you to read one of those glowing reviews, and I want them to convince me why this was like a, a 9 <laughs> out of 10 show. All right, lean the other way. Okay, let's see. Here's a nine. Really enjoyed this show overall. Uh, felt like a lot. Felt like a lot of things to feel excited about. The five on five was great, and obviously the story will continue. We got to see Mang show up and do the Tongan death grip. Darby Allen all but verified CM Punk is coming in, and Jericho went above and beyond to deliver a bloody main event. Okay, so purposely that person didn't mention f- four out of the six matches on the card. <laughs> Here's my favorite is the 10 that still has shit in it. Uh, 10. Extremely enjoyable from top to bottom. The only issue I had was having a throwaway women's match. If you have an issue, it's, it's not, not a, a 10. 10. The Dark Order versus Elite match was great. Archer Hikuleo was enjoyable. Jericho Gage did his job, and I was glued to the TV. You should put away the super glue. Mm-hmm. FTR PNP was going pretty good before the unfortunate cash injury. The whole month we got a great series of dynamite episodes. Thank goodness for this company. North American wrestling is finally back to life. By that, okay. I enjoyed Fight for the Fallen. I mean, no, I enjoyed Fighter Fest a little bit more. I think for night one. Um. By that person's own accord, how do you compare that show to this one and say that they're they're equal? That dude, there's there's so much nothing on this show. Notice how nobody's talking about Taz and 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 Starks and and Cage because nothing fucking happened. Or no, speaking of Cage, nobody's talking about Christian Cage in Jurassic Express versus the Hardy Family Office because no one fucking cares. That's why you hired a. That's why you're hired Christian for to come over here and have a bunch of stupid mid card feuds that don't mean anything. You ready for this? Eight point a good episode, but not as great as the Fighter Fest, mostly because of a few injuries and a slightly deflated crowd. Well, why is that's the crowd an eight? Deflated? <laughs> that's an eight. Sounds Ten. like a six to me. <laughs> This event was one of the top five events in the history of the company. The atmosphere of the the atmosphere of excitement, the best competition in the history of Dynamite. Five versus five was the best competition in Dynamite history. Please vote for this show without purpose. <laughs> I'm going to guess that's a translation issue at the end there. But. <laughs> Ten! This was amazing, with probably the best Survivor Series type match ever in a brutal main event. Ever. I th- I think we are on route to the retirement of Y2K. And what a great story he goes on with. Just as a note, I still can't accept that some person will give this show a zero because they want to downrate the rating average. This is really not how it works, and I hate seeing people that bitter. Ooh, maybe I should give it a zero now. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'll give it what I would actually give it, which is a two. 
I would give this show a two, and maybe if you caught me in a good mood, I'd give it a three. Ten! I love AEW so much, I'm already looking forward to next week. The next five or whatever weeks is going to be so intriguing with all the rumors circulating. So you didn't you didn't rate the episode. You rated the rumors. <laughs> you, you rated your opinion on the company. Yep. All right, can we finish up with these? These are starting to annoy the shit out of me. <laughs> Ten! Aside from two fillers, I feel like every match on this card delivered and got good time. The crowd could have been better, but I really enjoyed this dynamite. Aside from two fillers, it's a ten. Ten, yeah. Can we move on? Ten! This show is badass. The main event ruled. Storylines were furthered. Teases were made, and the opener was great, too. Okay, to be uh, fair, that guy's like ten years old. You're like, actually, no, his profile says he's 40. <laughs> KT says Sal looking for that stand smoke. All right, let's talk about next week's uh, episode. Uh, we have QT Marshall's apology. No, I don't want to do that either. I, I don't want to talk about next week's either. Next week's looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, Cody keep... versus Ma- Cody versus Malachi. So good can triumph over evil once again, and Cody can. Uh... Wait, who's QT apologizing to? Shivani? Tony Sh- Tony Schiavone for dumping a protein shake on his head. So, who's what city are they going to be in next week? I don't remember because Shivani's. I don't know if next, he's from. Next week, next no, next week they're back in Jacksonville. Yeah, next week's next week's. So home why camp. would Shivani's family be in Jacksonville? They're going to make the drive down from Atlanta. Apparently so. <laughs> uh, Miro versus Lee Johnson for the TNT title. Hopefully, uh, Miro breaks his neck for real. Uh, Bunny versus Hirsch. I didn't know. I didn't know that was an NWA women's contender match. I thought it was an AEW women's contender I, match. I wrote down yeah. AEW, and then when I went back and looked, I was like, okay, it's NWA. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me talk about Lee Johnson Hava. versus Mira. Okay. Um, they the graphic had Dustin in the corner of Lee Johnson. Mm-hmm. So. So after Miro beats him and refuses to let go of the accolade, then Dustin's going to come in and the old fucking cowboy horse that should be put out to pasture is going to get one more shot and it's going to be for the TNT Championship. And that's where we're going after that is Miro versus Dustin Rhodes. Or Dustin's just going to be there because Lee Johnson is technically a member of the Nightmare Family. Yeah, but what's Dustin going to do when when Mira refuses to break the game over? He's going to get in the ring. (laughs) Oh, by the way, you remember a few weeks ago on Dynamite when Dustin uh, chased off... Who the fuck was it? Uh, Aaron Solo, right? Dude, I guess they had a blow-off match on Dark. (laughs) Who the the fuck would have known? I I can only hope that Layla Hirsch wins because Bunny should be nowhere near a title match in any company. Um, are you familiar with who is the current NWA Women's World Champion? Uh, I know. I, I I remember that it's not Serena anymore. No. But I don't remember who took it off of her. 
uh, Camille Brickhouse. She's a brick. She she is. Um, She kind of looks like Jade, but if Jade had... Where the fuck has Jade been? Well, no, they did a thing last week, didn't they, with uh, Smart Mark Sterling? They did a little pre-tape, I thought. Uh, that, was, that was two weeks ago when he couldn't tear the shirt and she tore the shirt. Okay, so it was two weeks ago, though. So maybe she makes a return next week. Um, anyway, Camille Brickhouse, uh, super strong girl that would probably kill Bunny. So I'm assuming they're going to put her in there with Layla. <laughs> so, and I mean kill Bunny by, like, fucking dropping her on her head or something. <laughs> Ah, Cage versus Blade. Which Cage? Version. Nah, 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 I don't care. Old Man man Cage? Because if it was Brian Cage, I'd be like, ooh, Brian Cage versus Blade. That's something Uh, I haven't seen before. Labor number three, Jericho versus Hooventude. All MJF said was that Jericho has to hit a top rope maneuver. So we're going to do like a So does that mean like, I was going to say, does that mean like as soon as he hits a splash, the match is over and Jericho wins? Yes. No, I think he has to use a move to off the top to win. Sure. Or he can't win until he does a move off the top. I don't know. He's going to fuck it up anyway and botch it. So, <laughs> Oh, um, your probability on the guy who's under the mask who shows up next week on TV actually being Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's gonna end up being fucking um, who's an evil luchador that works for MJF? Let me think. It's gonna be like Fuego does so. <laughs> what else is going on next week at at AW Homecoming? That's all I got. What about Cody versus Malachi? I said that. You skipped past it. You know, I don't talk about that. Blah, 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 blah. I don't talk about oh, that. because that's, blah, the, blah, blah, that's blah, blah. the main event. But no, I already said it. And you're like, I'm not talking about that. Blah, 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 blah. Tell me, there you go. Tell me that. Yeah, there, we, there it is. Tell me that Malachi Black wins next week. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. On his first fucking match in the company, because mind you, he hasn't been on Dark. Have you met Cody? I'm going to say that somehow, someway, even if it means Arn turning on Cody. KT, back me up on this one. Malachi Black wins. And if he doesn't win... I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> and I know, I'm setting myself up for disappointment, but I don't want Malachi Black to lose his first fucking match. I don't. For all that shit I said about Karrion Cross and how he can rebound from losing his first match on Raw, that is nothing compared to how I would feel if Black loses his goddamn first match on, on Dynamite. Thank you, KT. You expect Cody Hurst Helmsley to lose? He. <laughs> No, Mr. Powers, I expect him to die. If only. Um, maybe maybe Brandy comes out and kicks Cody in the face, and and then he loses, and she can bring back the Nightmare Collective. 
<laughs> no, 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 no nightmare collective. Not a fan. Okay. I will end the Skype call right now, Mister. News. Uh, let's see here. Let's start. Let's start here. Domino's Pizza is concerned that people are being attacked with pizza cutters in AEW Dynamite, and they have issued a statement about it. Last night's show saw Nick Gage use a pizza cutter to slice Chris Jericho's head open in the main event. Uh, immediately after a split screen had a Domino's ad, which many imagined was an intentional placement between Domino's and AEW. Uh, also, he continued using the pizza cutter during the Domino's commercial. Yep. As it turns out, not the case. Front office report says that no such collaboration happened, and Domino's gave a statement saying they are considering their advertising on the show. Quote, we share the concerns expressed about this incident and the content of this TV-14 rated program and are assessing our advertising presence on it going forward. Uh-oh. You know what? I will say the last thing I thought that Gage versus Jericho was going to do was going to cost them a domino sponsorship. Uh, Upper Deck is set to release a set of AEW trading cards in the fall. According to Beckett.com, Upper Deck announced during a 2021 National Sports Collectors Convention presentation that the cards are set to come out with a tentative late October, early November release date. No details on the set were revealed, but Upper Deck did say that more details would be sent out soon. Back in November, an episode of Being the Elite, episode 229, I believe, featured the Young Bucks signing a sticker sheet with the Upper Deck logo on it. Now we know where that's going. There we go. AEW is set to hit two major cities in September with the all-out pay-per-view and two episodes of TV in Chicago, then the Dynamite Grand Slam in New York. However, Cassidy Haynes and Bodyslam.net report that with cases of COVID-19 going back up due to the Delta variant, there is concern in AEW that their plans will be halted. Due to the rise in cases of the variant, cities and states in the United States have been changing their mask and virus testing mandates. AEW is worried about the Delta cases interrupting their plans for shows in the two aforementioned cities, as well as St. Louis and more. There have been talks in the company about what to do if there is another shutdown, including a possible return to Daly's Place in Jacksonville for another extended stay. AEW Homecoming, it's for longer than you think. Uh, it's been described as an all-hands-on-deck situation as of late, but ultimately Tony Khan has to make a decision about what is right for talent, staff, and especially the fans. The CDC is currently recommending masks again, even for some of those who are vaccinated. Uh, the worry in AEW is that large gatherings will be banned once again. Uh, the main concern at the moment is with Chicago and New York, as both cities have been working to stop the surge of new cases. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that the mask mandate could return to the city, along with other possible restrictions. In New York, municipal workers are now required to get vaccinated or take weekly COVID-19 tests. In St. Louis, an indoor mask mandate was reinstated on Monday. Uh, I know that Los Angeles also, or perhaps, perhaps the entire state of California, reinstated their mask mandate last week. Uh, as of now, AEW is moving forward with their current plans, but are paying close and constant attention to what's going on in these and other cities. Motherfuckers, get your shots. Speaking of which, how does that affect SummerSlam? Because SummerSlam's in Los Angeles. SummerSlam's in Las Vegas. Oh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. But Nevada is... Uh, but Nevada. I was going to say, but Nevada's also doing the same thing. So... Mm, I don't know. Uh, just think if people had common sense. Emmy Soccer is coming back to the U.S. and AEW, and the Joshi Star announced on Saturday. Sakura, who, who signed with AEW back in 2019 and split time between the company and Japan before the pandemic made that impossible, announced on Saturday evening that she is heading back to the U.S. to compete for AEW full-time, writing, quote, 
I decided to go to America with a one-way ticket. Please look forward to what happens uh, to Choco Pro from now on. We are Choco Pro, and we like a challenge. Now, AEW Women's Division, you better be ready. Emmy Sakura is looking at the top, and Britt Baker looks very interesting. Unquote. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is that Freddie Mercury? Uh, I don't think so. That's someone else. Oh, no, Emmy Sakura is Freddie Mercury, yes. Yeah. That is okay. correct. Except not anymore. No, not anymore, because when she was in the AEW Women's Tournament, she debuted a new personality. That's right. All right, last news story that I have. I always like to end things on a happy note if I can. Uh, AEW's Nick Camarado, a.k.a. uh, Unfrozen Wrestling, uh, Unfrozen Caveman Wrestler, uh, popped the question at last weekend's MCW Pro Wrestling Show. MCW shared a video of the factory member proposing to his girlfriend, Ref Becky, at the show, which you can uh, see on MCW's Twitter account. Uh, Camarado said, quote, why I'm here right now is not to hype up a match or hype up myself. It's all about this beautiful woman right here. See, me and Becky over here, we've been living together for about two and a half years now, and she's been with me through everything. When I was poor, she was there. When I had money, she was there. When COVID hit and I lost my job, she was there to pick up the pieces and bring me back here. Becky is the sweetest, most caring person you will ever meet in your life. He then got down on one knee and proposed, and, of course, she said yes, and I did watch the video, and yes, I did cry. I hope you're fucking happy. Uh, But congratulations to Nick Camarado and uh, Ref Becky. Yeah. Good fam in them. It is is a really cute video. I I urge everyone to go and watch it. It's it's very touching. Uh, That's all I got. So I got any news? Fuck no. (laughs) Astro, you're right. Uh, so that wraps up week 92 of the AEW Rundown. As always, be safe, stay sane, be kind, get your goddamn shots. <sighs> Remember that one summer where we like didn't have to wear masks anymore and things got back to normal and that lasted two months and now everybody's going to have to wear masks again? And there's probably going to be outbreaks? Yeah, I remember that one summer. That was fun. That was in the before times. So I guess next week we will uh, come home. I'm coming home. (laughs) Oh my god, Cody's going to play that song for his entrance, isn't he? (laughs) Uh, I got nothing else. So everyone, have a good night. Last time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash thesaleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>